Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. There was that pause there again. No, there was not. There That's was. That's you. There was no pause. If you're hearing a pause on this listening back, know, cunters, that Andy is putting that in there as a power play. Because as this happens live, I'm saying it so quickly, you have almost not said, you've not finished saying the word Dawson before I'm saying pause. the word Sam. The pause, pause is being added in. It's a fucking perverse power play. I don't even know what it's supposed to prove, but pause. there you go. There was a pause. Right, this is a bonus episode because we've had so many contributions from you, the Cunters, uh, to our little podcast. We've been asking for bullshits, bullshit haikus, sex fields, um, hero fantasies, uh, unexpected tits. We've got a couple of them coming in as well. Unexpected tits, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And we we think as well, after the last episode that came out yesterday, that we are going to be needing some stories about wanking, basically, aren't we, Sam? I'm a bit worried when you put it all together like that, all of these things, these topics, Mm. that that we might alienate our female listeners. Yeah. uh, Or like um, our listeners, our non-heterosexual listeners. As well. If you are a female listener who does feel alienated, let us know and we'll we'll wind our necks in a we, bit. We, we don't want this to become blokey, uh, no, no. much less sexist. We are modern men. We are, mm. but all we can do is speak of our own experiences. Honestly. And our own experiences are as heterosexual men um, f- who grew up in different times, as has been well documented. Yeah. And, and we speak from the heart about things we did. Not for one moment are we suggesting that the things we did were good. We're not proud. Or, or any better than no. um, anything that anyone else has done. It's almost certainly worse. But I think if anything, Sam, our, our mutual self-loathing comes across quite strongly in all these podcasts. It does, yeah. So, so don't, know, don't, think not, for a moment, don't think for a moment that we are promoting these, these things or these lifestyle choices that we've made. All we're doing is recounting them. And yeah. we're seeing it as therapy as much as anything. Um, yeah. And if you are a female listener, I know that we have a, a lot of female listeners interacting with us um, on Twitter. Feel free to suggest your own categories of content that you can get involved in. Although, of course, I believe women masturbate too. So you, you're more than welcome to get involved on the wanking stories. Of course. If anything, we'd, we'd welcome more of them. Yeah, but don't think that we mean that in a perverted way either, because no, as no. we have said on previous podcasts, we have no sexual feelings anymore. No, no, it's, it's all We're information gathering. We're not from gathering. the waist down, so we yeah. are not seeking titillation. Quite no, the opposite, all, in fact. It, it's research. Yeah, anyway. Uh, we, we've got what I can only describe as a heroic email from Jacob. Probably best that I don't give his full name. I don't think he has, actually. But it's got a bullshit haiku. It's got a hero fantasy. Uh, waking up somewhere weird. 
all in one email. So I'll, I'll plough through that now. His bullshit haiku is this. Of course, a haiku, in case you're not familiar, is three-line poem, first line five syllables, second line seven syllables, third line five syllables again. Here we go. My mate sees a crow. He throws his plastic frisbee. The head is severed. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic stuff. Thank you for that, Jacob. That's just the beginning. He then goes on to say, I always have hero fantasies, so I was glad to hear them brought up. I teach very small children. This is probably why he hasn't given his full name. Yeah. And following the school shooting situation in America, it is a situation, isn't it? Yeah. He says, we have had training of what to do should we face a crisis. In my mind, I imagine what I would do, usually taking (laughs) down the armed gunman with various objects littered around a usual year one classroom, such as wielding a meter stick like a sword, Oh. Using a whiteboard rubber like a throwing knife, or putting Great. pencils in between my knuckles like Wolverine and ah. pouncing. <laughs> Amazing! He Great says, premise for a movie. This primary school like hero. It? Yeah. He says in some versions we are in some versions because he's got a few. Yeah. In some versions we are taken hostage and I bargain away for the terrorists to release the kids, <laughs> but keep me hostage, which ultimately, <laughs> which ultimately leads to my heroic death. Uh, he says, a statue is erected at the school in my honour. <laughs> Years later, my class gathered around the statue to pay tribute to their heroic former teacher. Great. So Great. He's, he's, he's expanded that So he fantasises about actually dying, yeah. which is amazing. Like, he's so and heroic, he actually is willing to um, give his own life to protect then, the, the kiddies. And then the aftermath as well of the, the statue. Yeah. Fantastic. The entire that is a there. top-notch hero fantasy. Well done. Uh, and he's also given us weirdest places woken up. He says, Exeter, uh, as a student after a day, a night, and the following morning of heavy drinking without sleep, I got on a train from Bristol to Nottingham and took a Valium as I boarded, imagining that I would wake from my sleep, feeling refreshed, just as the train pulled into Nottingham. However, there were several transfers involved in the trip, which is just one of the flaws I later noticed. I woke up about 12 hours later, just as the train was pulling into Exeter. Everyone thought I was bullshitting when I tried to explain because how could I have been trying to go to Nottingham but end up in Exeter? Good point. Mm. Uh, He says, the conductor said, have you been drinking? And I replied, (laughs) not since I woke up. And he started laughing and told me I stank of booze. The train I was on was the last one running and the station was closing as I disembarked. Oh God, it goes into another category if I was here. Uh, I spent the freezing January night in Exeter as a stray man. Oh, yeah, I've got trying, a story just like this one where someone becomes a stray man. And he says, I'm trying to sleep on a bus stop. A particular low point was going into a taxi company and offering them 20 quid, all my money, mm-hmm. to sit on their <laughs> sofa for a few hours. <laughs> 20 quid to sit on a sofa. <laughs> in a taxi office. Hell. We've he all says, been there, though. He says they declined pretty forcefully. Uh, he then says, I learned that if you look like you're a homeless person, people are a lot ruder to you. Oh. If ever I still have to drive near or through Exeter, I feel a chill. Uh, yeah, he then apologises for these being too long and too much, which they're not. They're fantastic. But he then adds, I've used my burner email because I don't want this potentially attached <laughs> to the respectable teacher I've tried to become. <laughs> burner email's great. I should get one of those. Jacob or whoever the fuck you are, that is magnificent. Thank yeah, you very really much. Yeah, that's really strong. There's a similar one here, like a long a long story that covers quite a lot of different content categories. Brilliant. Um, it's hard to quite categorise. It's from uh, a friend actually called Thad, Thad Cox on Facebook, sent me a message saying years ago, 
He was he was working in a new job after leaving uni. I'll skip some of the bits that are superfluous. Um, I met a really nice girl. Things were going great. I walked to the tube. I was hammered. Greeted me up next week. I got on the train. Delighted. I fell asleep, though. And instead of getting off at Berrylands, where I was living, I woke up in Hawley near Gatwick. I panicked, got off, hoping to get a train back. No luck. It was 1am and raining. So I crawled under a bush. <laughs> see this he says this casually as if that's natural but it's not you don't crawl i mean we've all crawled under bushes in extreme situations but i don't i feel that he overreacted because all right it's one o'clock you're in hawley near gatwick i know hawley i mean you know it's not a buzzing metropolis but neither is it a tiny out it's not like you're just in the middle of the fucking arizona desert right it's a town with facilities he said it's raining in fact he said it was lightly raining and it's only one o'clock right you've got options you don't get off the train see you're in hawley hawley's the sort of place that's got a fucking argos do you know what i mean it's not like it's not a backwater you get off the train at one o'clock in hawley you look at your watch it's one o'clock in the morning and your immediate reaction is to think right better crawl under a bush that's like you want to become a stray man. You're not being yeah. forced into stray man. It's like you'd had this uh, subconsciously. You'd planned the whole thing. Voluntary so stray manism. He, he's, he's he's skipped out four or five different steps of crisis management and gone straight to the bit where you crawl under a bush, <laughs> 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 like your fucking cat weasel, right? <laughs> right. He goes. I crawl. I panicked. I panicked. I crawled under a bush. I called a local cab. I was shitting it because I had to move out of my flat at midday the next day, which was only in 11 hours' time. The bloke, the bloke at the cab firm laughed and said, you're fucked, mate. Just wait it out. There'll be a train at six. Oh, thanks. Thanks, you cunt. Ah, you're fu- Imagine that. Hello. Hello, double A cabs. Hello. Uh, I'm under a bush by Hawley Station. Can you send a car to take me back to London? <laughs> You're fucked, mate. <laughs> so anyway, he says, I hung up. I heard banging and swearing. <laughs> Never a good sign. Hmm. What's that banging and swearing? Bang, bang, bang. Fuck. Bang, bang, bang. Cut. Oh, interesting. I'll investigate. Uh, across the car park, I could see a man hitting a wheel clamp with an iron bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell's bells, that's all I need. I better get involved. <laughs> yeah. He looked at me. Presumably, you were still under the bush at this stage. <laughs> man with an iron bar spots another man at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> peering at him from under a bush. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? He looked at him and he said, We're both fucked, aren't we? <laughs> he had heard me on the phone begging the taxi driver to come and get me. He doesn't explain why the man was bagging the wheel clamp with a metal bar. But trying to freeze car, probably. Anyway, this is where the big twist happens. Brace yourself, because oh, this is God. actually like a bit in a thriller movie where you, your heart I'm, drops. I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> All right. He said, you can stay at mine if you like. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, fuck no. Thad writes, I froze. Do I go home with a stranger or sleep in the rain under a bush for four hours. <laughs> Just Jesus. then, his wife turned up and said it was fine and I was welcome to sleep at theirs until I was able to catch a train 
back as they live just around the corner. Oh. Again, this feels like Tales of the Unexpected. Yeah. There was an episode of Tales of the Unexpected called Flypaper where something not dissimilar to this happens, and it's the scariest one I ever saw because it's a couple working you together. Yeah. Anyway, he says, I went home with them. Oh. I spent the next hour having beers and being shown around their home. At 2 a.m., I went to sleep in their three-year-old daughter's room. At no point did anyone try to fuck me. <laughs> he I'm says glad, that quite explicitly there, doesn't I'm he? I'm glad that you put that on record. Yeah. Right? The daughter, too much there, I think. The daughter woke me at 7 a.m. I got up, said thanks, and literally ran out the door and caught the train back. I was all packed up and moved by 11.45. Lucky escape all round. I followed up the date with the hot German girl. Uh, with a romantic failure, but more of that next time. Well, we look forward to that, yeah, Dad. Um, that, that is a bizarre story. Uh, I don't know what... They are fucking weird. <laughs> that It feels like they were hanging... Because if it was one o'clock in the morning and their car presumably has been clamped and so he's decided, this fucking madman, that he can get the wheel clamp off of the wheel just by bashing it with a metal bar <laughs> what, until it just... Explodes. You're not the Incredible Hulk... Right, you can't just shatter a wheel clamp. If it was that, if that, if it was that easy, we'd all be at it. But then it turns out he's with his wife, and they live round the corner. So, or there's certain things that don't add up. It's like this couple hung around the train station late at night, preying on people just yeah. like that. Because um, presumably it's a regular occurrence. People waking up in Hawley, and uh, but the weirdest thing is they go, they've just met this bloke. They met him. They found him. Under a fucking bush Under at a, a station. Bush, yeah. Can you imagine meeting a man at 1am under a bush and then inviting him home and saying, sleep in my three-year-old's room no, with I her, cannot. she's there? No. Darling, in the morning, oh, there's a man in my room, who is he? Oh, that's your uncle Thad. We found him under a bush, pissed out <laughs> of his head last Lord. night. So we invited <laughs> him home to sleep in your room. Yeah. Fucking hell, All talk about traumatising. And what's he yeah. doing trying to knock the fucking um, the wheel clamp off at one in the morning if the wife and kid's in bed? Is he going somewhere? What's that the about? The wife was with him. The kid presumably is at home. There's no mention of a babysitter. Hold on. I don't fucking Fuck know what's going hell. on. Anyway, maybe okay. that can clarify some of that stuff in his next follow-up email. But thank yeah, this, you for that, Dad. This is it. Right, I've got a couple of... Um, Sexual feels you might like. This mm. is the first one from Chris. He <laughs> describes himself as a cunter from Essex. Uh, Chris says, When I was in my early 20s, I got chatting to a stunning lady from Prague in a club smoking area. I could tell she was about 10 years older than me, but in my youthful naivety, I assumed her friendly demeanour and the mere fact she was engaging me in conversation meant sex. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. As she stubbed out a cigarette, I knew I had to take my chance before she returned to her group of friends. But when I asked her for her phone number, she cocked her head back and laughed. She then leant in close and in a thick Eastern European accent delivered a patronising but sexy response of, in Czech Republic, we like real men. <laughs> oh, that's Chris awful. Adds, Chris adds at the very end of this, I'm five foot four. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell, oh, Chris. Mate. That's, okay, that's terrible. Don't feel bad on yourself. That's out of order of her. She led you along and then she belittled you. Like Icarus, he flew too close to the sun 
and Melters. But never mind, he had a go, and that's the main thing. Andy Peters, not the Andy Peters out of the broom cupboard. Although, who knows? Are you sure it's not him? I don't think it is. His his ends. It's A N D I, and this is A N D Y. Oh yeah, that's why Andy Peters probably isn't. I mean, what Andy Peters? What are you trying to prove with the I instead of a Y? Fucking talk about working overtime to be interesting, mate. Anyway, that aside. This other Andy Peters, who is a member of the cancer community, has written, there is a class of bullshitter that you have touched on. That's the bullshitter who's really hard and has mad staring eyes. Therefore, the bullshits will not be disputed, as they are being told, (laughs) even though everyone around the table knows that they are bullshit. These bullshits occurred when the bullshitter and me and my mates were all in our 20s. Number one, I decided to change my name, but when I got to the place, I hadn't really given it any thought as to what it should be. So I asked the girl, what's your name, love? And so I took her name. <laughs> Pointless bullshit. So what's he called now? Like Alison Hello, or something? I mean, as if you just queue up at the post office to do it as well. Hello, I'll have uh, six first class stamps and also I'd like to change my name. That's fine, sir. Just tell us what it is and we'll make all the necessary arrangements. <laughs> well, my current name is Sam Delaney. Yeah, and that's fine. And what would you like to change your name to? Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> what? Oh, I ain't thought about it. What? What? You've come all the way down here and queued up to change your name, but you haven't got an... All I know is I don't want to be called Sam Delaney anymore. Okay, well, just think of a name then. I can't. What's your name? My name is Tracy Johnson. All right, that then. <laughs> you fucking do it. You fucking do it. Okay, number two. We were talking about being stoned, having the munchies, and he joined in saying, yeah, I remember when I went to the park and smoked an eighth and then got the munchies, so I set some traps and caught a rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Then I made a fire, cooked the rabbit and ate it. And do you know what? It's much better than chocolate. (laughs) Amazing. The bullshits came so thick and fast... That as we sat around the pub table, we used to bang the table twice with our fist indicating a bullshit stamp. However, because of the bullshit's hardness, basically we were cowards toying with a beast. We had no idea of the significance and used to laugh and join in as we banged our fist. Well, that's what my general rule of thumb with a bullshitter or someone I suspect bullshit is. I never call them on it. I've talked no, about this before. No. It's pointless. I encourage, yeah. encourage, encourage, because yeah. why not? And it's yeah. not even to make fools of them. It's just, I appreciate the, the fact that they're bullshitting. Yeah. They know they're bullshitting. We know they're bullshitting, but let it just carry on. The worst sort of bastard, as I've said before, is someone who starts intervening during any anecdote, bullshit or otherwise, mm. and picking you up on straight on little details that they think don't add up, like they think they're fucking Columbo. They're because like those the- cunts on Twitter, who, who, the, the didn't happen cunts, oh, when yeah. someone will do a story about something they've seen or been experienced in, and they'll, they'll wade in with, didn't happen, fuck yeah. off. It's Were just you there? Like, no, fuck you're, off. You're the enemy of fun. And I'm always yeah. like, I don't, I don't care whether it did or didn't. This is amusing to me, so stop ruining it. I think these people are dreary people who are resentful of people who have imaginations and fun inside yeah. of them, and so they try to cut it down. Anyway, that aside... I'd, um, like, to re- I'd like to return this, this Harry Potter book I bought last week. Oh, is there a problem with it, sir? Yeah, didn't happen. Fuck yeah, off. L- load of fucking bollocks. As if there could be a little boy who could fucking make things disappear with a wand. As if. <laughs> that fucking J.K. Rowling, she ought to be in fucking prison, the bullshit she's come out with. Uh... <laughs> Number three, this is the last one from Andy Peters, very strong, all about this this hard man bullshitter. 
He said, it him. So, I was uh, on board and I had a, a Molyneux electric knife. Molyneux? Moulinex? Yeah, M- Moulinex. Moulinex. Yeah. And I was just playing with it and I thought, I wonder what it would be like <laughs> if I cut the top off of one of my fingers off. And so I did. And then I just carried on with the rest of them until they were all done. Sheepishly, us. So why are your fingers back now? Him. Well, I put them on ice and they sewed them back on, didn't they? <laughs> what? Of course they did. Sensational. Didn't happen. <laughs> happen. But who cares? Lovely stuff. I've mm. got a couple here uh, from David Oldwinkle. Two separate bullshit he's encountered. And they were both caretakers in different jobs that he's had. Uh, first one was in his early 60s, weighed in approximately 18 stone and stood five foot tall. There's a picture for you. You can imagine wow. that. Yeah. Um, and he was a caretaker and he asked for a gun license so he could protect the council officers. And when they asked if he could shoot a gun, he claimed to have been in the Great Britain shooting team in the 1980 Olympics. <laughs> um, when we asked him how he how he had done in the Olympics of that year, he said he would have had a really great chance of winning gold, but the problem was the GB team didn't compete in those Olympics because of the politics with the USSR. When it was pointed out that Seb Cohen and Steve Ovette had won gold medals at that Olympics, uh, the caretaker said they had gone on their own and the authorities had been really angry but didn't do anything because they'd won golds. <laughs> Once you've got a gold medal, you're more or less, um, you've got like diplomatic immunity, haven't you? Yeah. Well, that was it. I remember Steve Cram, Steve Ovette, Seb Coe, they all can fucking, I seen Seb Coe like doing all sorts. Like I seen him walk in a Tesco Metro take yeah. whatever he wants off the shelves, walk out without paying. They can't touch yeah. him. He'd just open his jacket up and just flash the gold on his way past security guard. Yeah. Um, and David says that about a month later, the caretaker showed us a pikey tracksuit top with USSR 1980 and the Olympic rings badly stitched on its back. <laughs> 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 He's backed up his story. And the other caretaker was at a local college and he claimed that his dog, the dopiest German shepherd of all time, was a trained attack dog. He claimed to have trained it himself so that he could catch all the dangerous drug dealers who he insisted broke into the college grounds pretty much every night. He said, it only took one special word from him and the dog would rip your throat out. He wouldn't tell us the word, but he claimed he had to get police clearance to see it in public. (laughs) Oh, police? Yeah, it's a caretaker from the college, yeah. I'm going to have to use the uh, the special word to get the attack dog to rip someone's throat out. Do I have permission? (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, you do have permission. You do, yes. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> he says, uh, David says, this guy also used to generate quite a lot of complaints from students as he would hide in the bushes and spy on them, claiming he was doing surveillance to control a rampant drug problem in the college. <laughs> Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. 
So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jalapeño. Right, Harry War, a friend of mine told me about some bloke he used to work with. There were some great bullshit lines, including his dad being the mechanic for the Fast and Furious franchise, <laughs> despite despite being based in rural East Anglia. The one that stuck out is that he had once told my friend of a late-night altercation outside a city centre kebab fan. Upon purchasing a doner kebab from the trailer, he was confronted by a pair of hard-nut types who were clearly looking for a scrap. As the ever-quick thinker, the bullshitter in question used the age-old distraction tactic of launching the kebab high into the air. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> fucking throw the kebab whoosh. really high whoosh <laughs> Look at like that. a rocket <laughs> they, they'll go wow also it's a show of strength isn't it do you that think it would maybe... spin in slow motion in the air yeah. as well it's also like even if they're really fancy themselves as a couple of tasty blokes yeah. if you can throw a kebab super high 50 so, feet yeah. so high it almost disappears into the night sky they're gonna look at that and fucking back off it's like a warning it's like look if I can do this with a donut kebab imagine what I could do with you mate last chance last chance walk away um anyway so he throws it kebab into the air in the commotion mr bullshit sparked both the attackers out with a single punch and caught the kebab before it hit the floor yes at this point he walked away having proven his point and martial arts prowess so you throw a kebab in the air they look up aghast you punch them both out and then you catch the kebab which is still presumably perfectly intact and you just walk off picking at lamb Bits of lamb. <laughs> uh, Jamie Barkweir says, while I was at university in America, I had to do five hours of community service for drinking in the dorms. This turned out to be five hours of listening to the university janitor, another caretaker, telling me his bullshit about his life before working there. He told me he used to be an undercover policeman working to infiltrate a drug gang until he broke the record for the most drugs taken by an undercover cop. <laughs> they give you a golden spliff. When you've done that. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says, he said that as compensation and reward for all the drugs he'd taken on behalf of the police force, they <laughs> retired him with a full police pension. <laughs> he also said that before he worked at the university, he worked in an old people's home, but he had to leave that job because the old women wouldn't stop trying to give him blowjobs when he was cleaning their rooms. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, all of them wanted to suck him off all the time. All and of in them, the end, I thought, fuck this, I'm going to go and become an undercover drug cop. Randy old women everywhere in the old people's home. Uh, Craig Graham, as a young'un, we lived in an area of Peterborough called Chadburn, which has a traveller's site nearby. Three in particular were a complete set of bastards who used to go around nicking mopeds, vandalising shop fronts, breaking windows, all the usual, and were generally disliked throughout the estate. My mate Wayne told me he'd taken matters into his own hands oh. by, by, cli- <laughs> by climbing a tree near the site. Straight away, good story. It involves climbing a man climbing a tree. <laughs> Tree-related bullshit. Yeah. Uh, climbing a tree near the site and waiting for them to come by. According to him, he then jumped down from the tree, twatted each one of them, breaking their noses and knocking them out, and then he scarpered back <coughs> up the tree where he watched them come to completely oblivious of what had happened. Like a, nin- <laughs> like a ninja attack. I've had enough of these fellas. They're causing trouble all around the area. I know what oh, I'm going to do to them. I'm going to fucking climb up a tree and jump out on them, knock them all out, and then climb back up the Get tree again the before tree they realise what's happened. Wait for the aftermath. Lovely. Here's a, <laughs> a, a sex fail here from Jim Thimble. 
Uh, oh, this is a terrible one, this. When I was a teenage serial sex failure, I was getting on well with a girl at uni. She left her bus pass in the kitchen and I helpfully took it up to her room. I knocked on the door and she said, come in. I went in and she was on the bed. Uh-huh. Duvet up to, but not entirely covering her ample cleavage. Mm, little bit of unexpected tit there. He says, she was smiling at me with big eyes. I put the bus pass on her bedside table and left saying something stupid like, here's your bus pass. (laughs) He says, that was nearly 30 years ago, but when I remember it, I still shrink to the size of a tiny dickless mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Jim. Okay, right. What have we got here? Have I got any left? Oh, yeah. Alan Stevens. I was at college in Slough in the early 90s. Me and a mate were sat in the refectory. Uh, my mate was called Adam. One of his pals, let's call him Steve, turned up, like chatting away, subtly flashing one of those transparent keychain frames. In the right. photo holder was a picture of a perfect-looking blonde girl. Steve boasted that she was his bird and had been since the summer. He was elusive how he'd met her and assured us he had shagged and was seeing her again that night for more sex. Oh, I'm seeing her tonight, actually, for some sex. Yeah. And that. Sex and all that. Being dopey 18-year-olds, we gasped in wonder at the beauty beneath the plastic. Uh, So much so that Adam asked to take a closer look at the picture. Upon closer inspection, Adam laughed and popped out the plastic front part, which held the photo in place. Um, What at first glance appeared to be a glossy photo, in reality was a flimsy piece of paper that had been cut out of a catalogue. Oh, catalogue. Here's (laughs) catalogue. Made obvious by the fact that there was a a torso of another model on the back of the picture. Steve pathetically defended himself, saying, no, it is my bird. She's a model. I mean, there's no point wasting money on taking a photo of her myself and going to get developed up boots, is there? When you can just cut one out of a magazine for free. Yeah. Imagine that. I really like you. Now that you're my girlfriend, can I have a picture of you? Yeah, if you like. Can you give me one then? Just go and pick up any fucking catalogue. You'll find one, mate. You do it. The catalogue picture's been taken by a pro, so it's as good as it's going to get, isn't it? Exactly. Anyway, he goes, as the laughter grew, Steve got more red and embarrassed, grabbed his keys from Adam, told us to fuck off, and then stormed (laughs) off. Great great way to end any bullshit exchange. Fuck off! (laughs) You fucking dickheads. You fucking virgins. Just because you're jealous. I'll see you later. I'm off for some sex. Yeah, I'm off for sex with this fucking model. Catalogue model. Fucking virgins. There's another, there's another bullshit haiku as well. This is from Richard Hosey. Uh, lad at my first job. My nan's numbers came up twice. Alas, no tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fantastic bullshit, but he's put it into a haiku and that makes it superb. Yeah, good. Um, have you got any surprise boobs? I did have one. I can't find it though. Yeah, here it is. Here's the one I've got from Richard Mackey. Uh, in my student days, I used to go on nights out in Glasgow and crash with some pals at a flat in the West End. A big posh flat that took up the top two floors of a building, but it was occupied by architecture students, so it was a hovel inside. That's not really relevant, but we'll move on. One morning, one of the occupants rushed downstairs, urging us to open the curtains. When we did, we could see a couple in the flat across the street getting jiggy with it. <laughs> he had his back to us, but she was straddling him with his face buried in her chest. Fortunately, us watching didn't appear to put either of them off. So, unexpected tits and some voyeurism there as well. Crikey. They're a good pair of surprise boobs, that. 
Um, I'm glad that someone's responded to that because I felt a little bit nervous about throwing that out there. Uh, some people are a bit... I don't... You know, I didn't want there to be confusion to think yeah. that it was all about sex or it was all about quality of boob. It was yeah. more about... Like, I'll give you an example. This, this is one of those things that sounds like a bullshit, but it's yeah. true. Um... When I used to get the tube to school when I was a kid and the local tube station was Stamford Brook Station and I would go there in the morning, miserable like you always are on the way to school. This is when I was probably like in the fifth year this happened. So I would have been 15, 16. And there would be loads of other commuters looking miserable heading into into their office jobs. And there was this one, uh, you'd always be looking for a bench to sit on when you waited for your train. And mm. there was this one bench where I noticed every morning there was a lot of blokes all sitting on this one bench and the other benches were empty, right? Oh, yeah. So I thought, fucking hell, I've got to see what this is all about. What's this, the fucking magic bench? Budding journalist Sam Delaney. Yeah, exactly. Always fucking looking for a story I was, even from that age. So I go, so one morning there's a space on it, so I sit there and I'm thinking, what goes on here? What is it? Is there money on this bench? Does it suck you off? There must be something good about it. One of those two. It's it's either got to be money or blowjobs, because I knew even at that age, those were the chief motivators for human human males. Cash and blowjobs. Anyway, I I sat there expecting cash and or a blowjob, and I thought I couldn't work out what was going on. But then I noticed that this tube station is elevated, so the platforms are up high. You have to walk up steps, but it's also outdoors. It's not an underground one, right? So, because uh, it's on the district line, so you you, you look out um, and and beyond the train tracks, there's just <laughs> houses, right? Houses and flats. Yeah. And in one of the closest houses, there was a window to a bathroom where an extremely beautiful young woman mm. had a sh- was having a shower. There was no curtains. She got out of the shower. No frosted glass? No, no, no. It was a fucking clear view. It was quite distant. So you wouldn't, it wasn't like super, super, you had to like tune into it with your eye. It wasn't super obvious. (laughs) That's why I didn't clock it straight away. And that's why not everyone walking along the platform was like, God, fucking hell, look at her. It was a subtlety to it, right? Because it was set back between Mm. some other buildings. But once you knew it was there, you knew it was there. And she's in the shower. She was, I mean, she was amazing. I can picture her now, right? If I was still able to feel. No, as you know, I cannot be triggered. I'm dead from the waist down. But if I was a younger man and still able to feel any titillation, I would be feeling it now. Yeah. And she got out and she had a shower, luxuriant shower, got out, toweled herself off and then put her undies on and left the bathroom. And I thought, well, that explains the bench. And then sure enough, and... Then you thought, well, maybe this is really wrong and perverted because mm. no one, maybe she doesn't know. Maybe she doesn't know. Oh, she knew. Oh, she, she knew. fucking knew, mate, because the next <laughs> the next day I'm back there, I'm getting there early to get the best spot on the bench. My mum's like, she, my mum's used to fucking shouting at me to get out of the house. I'll be late to school. She's like, you're up and early. Morning, mother. Gotta go to school. <laughs> Morning, mum. Don't worry, I've already made my breakfast and cleaned my teeth. You are, you are really, I'm proud of you, Sam, because you are really developing into a nice, responsible young <laughs> man. young man. <laughs> it only seems like weeks ago that you were oversleeping, lying in your pit, surrounded by inexplicable screwed up tissue paper, <laughs> swearing at me whenever I came into the room asking you to go to school. 
Sometimes not bothering to go at all. And now you're up, you're, he- you're showered, your teeth are clean, your hair's combed, uh, you've had your breakfast and you're out the door with time to spare. Well, Mum, I've just decided it's time to buckle down. It's GCSEs this year, you know. I don't want to let the side down. I was there on that fucking bench thinking, that, and these other fucking businessmen, you could see they think, look at this little cunt. He's cottoned on. He wants in on the action. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at him thinking, I know what you cunts are up to, and you're probably all fucking married, right? So you've got a lot to lose. So you fucking back off. I've got the prime spot now. <laughs> Fuckers. Also, I didn't like them being near me because I didn't like the idea of other fellas being... It's, it was sort of... Tan- it, was, it was borderline yeah. dogging, which is not yeah. something that appeals yeah. to me. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like the idea of these sort of like men, these middle-aged men being aroused on the same bench as me, but I felt it was a price worth paying because <laughs> this woman was amazing. It was like a live striptease every morning. Went on for about a month, then I don't know, then she stopped. Uh, never mind. <laughs> the cow. <laughs> month, though. <laughs> yeah. best, cow. Can honestly say, mate, it's the best month of my life. <laughs> it's not going to get any better now, is it? What was good about it was it was during the the first Gulf War. So there was a lot of anxiety right. about. We were yeah. worrying about what was going to happen. There was all sorts of stories on Newsnight that conscription might be introduced. Yeah. I was very anxious. And then that woman saved me, really. In a way, she was doing her bit for the morale of the nation. She was, yeah. <laughs> during the war. She was. She certainly kept up our ends. She was kind of like the Vera Lynn of the Gulf War, sort of. <laughs> I've got this story I've been sitting on for about three weeks now, and I, I, I haven't had time to introduce it. It was from the Metro at the end of December. Psychic predictions for 2019 by man who claims he was Egyptian queen in former life. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Nicholas Ojula, 33. Yeah claims that his dreams have led him to predict outcomes of major events, including mm. the Syrian war and the winner of The Apprentice. He says he's a, <laughs> All the important stuff. <laughs> the big stuff. Mm. He says he's a past life regression therapist, a hypnotherapist and a psychic astrologer. And here's some of his 2019 predictions uh, in actual quotes. And we'll see if any of these come true at the end of 2019. Uh, Theresa May, mm. he says, A lot of people have been asking me if Theresa May will stay in power. I don't follow politics very closely myself, but one name that keeps coming to me is Philip Hammond. I don't know if he'll come to power himself or just try to, but he's definitely one to keep an eye on. (laughs) And here he is on Brexit. Excellent. I'm not seeing the end result as being positive, especially economically. I've I've been seeing lots of visions of property crashes, so I think that could be linked. So that's Brexit sorted there. Um, Celebrities. Taylor Swift is going to announce her engagement. Nicole Kidman will fall pregnant. Madonna will face criticism for doing charity work. And someone called Justin will face a showbiz scandal. (laughs) He also says that uh, Sunderland are going to get promoted. London cabbies are going to go on strike. And then he adds, I've been getting the word influenza through a lot in, in relation to livestock so it could be there's some sort of outbreak that affects the meat industry I've also had a very specific vision of a British person with artificial limbs breaking a world record and another of a Bakerloo line tube being stuck in a tunnel for hours <laughs> it didn't feel like it was the result of a crash or anything and everyone was okay thankfully 
I've also been getting visions of the Londis in <laughs> Chesterley Street running low on semi-skimmed for a couple of days due to a truck accident. But eventually, it's all right again. They get restocked. And people Might- are just happy to use full fat for the time being. Might not be a Londis, can't be sure. There's another one, he says, One of the most bizarre visions I've had in a dream is the London Mayor, Sadiq Khan, rowing down the Thames. It feels like it's part of a sporting or charity event, (laughs) as opposed to just doing it as a fucking hobby. That's how he gets to work, yeah. A bit of background on him, on Nicholas. He noticed his gift when he was 17. Um, He says... I was meditating when I had this almost out-of-body experience and I was able to see several of my past lives. I'd never thought about them before that and I still can't explain it to this day. There's no logic to it, but I knew what I was seeing was me in a previous life. I saw myself as a man, a woman and even an animal. I've had thousands of past lives. I've been an Egyptian queen, a maid, a teacher in the French Revolution, a deer, a lion, (laughs) and I've even lived in another universe. (laughs) You know what I'd ask him? What was the best? List the top five. Right. Um, Egyptian number five. That were all right. But it were fucking hot. It were real hot. So in the end, you got sick of that. Um... Teacher number four, because I just love seeing the kiddies' faces as you, you know, open their minds to stuff. <laughs> but some of them did smell. Uh, number two, lion, because you're king of the jungle. It's fucking great. Go around, do whatever you want. Uh, but number one has to be being a deer. It was lovely. <laughs> Very relaxing. Out in the open countryside, you've relaxed the whole time. <laughs> he says... Uh... <laughs> The most significant thing I've predicted to date is the Syrian conflict. About three (laughs) years before it all happened, I had a dream that I was there. I know it was Syria because I saw the country name, but I didn't know what was going on. I felt a sense of unease, like trouble was looming and breathlessness. I needed to run. I I also had a dream about Benazir Bhutto before she died. I couldn't see her face, but I just knew it was her. (laughs) I actually believed this fucker. This I mean, look at me. Brilliant. I predicted 9-11, right, through a dream. And sometimes oh, you, you did. don't That's even... true. Yeah. A lot of the time, I've, I've, other things have come to me and then they've happened. But I don't go on about it because I think, oh, people will just think you're a loon and it's probably just yeah. coincidence, so I won't brag about it. But this guy's just one of the guys who's come out and said, no, actually, I am fucking seeing all of this shit. Yeah. So there we are. So watch out for those predictions for 2019 and we'll we'll try and return to them. At the, uh, I'd love at the end to get more out of this I'm guy. Tr- yeah, that's I'm sure brilliant. Yeah, I might do some research and find out if he's done other stuff. Yeah. We might get him on as a guest or something. Uh, that's it for this bonus episode of Top Flight Time Machine. We hope you've enjoyed it. Keep your content coming in, or as I call it, content. Very good. Very mm. good. Uh, keep cunty. Bye-bye. See ya. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.